Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Happy, happy, fabulous, and fun Friday. Yes, we made it. We had all these wonderful opportunities and some challenges, and yet we get to where a lot of us live for, and that's Friday. But I'm hoping if you listen to this show enough, you'll know that every day should be lived like it's a Friday, okay? Because every day that we get to open our eyes, and to recognize that we're still here, we can make a difference in our own lives and in that of others. And what better guest to say, to have on the show, to follow through with that statement I just had. And let's do it together because you know what I'm getting ready to say. I am so excited about today's guest. <laughs> and I keep telling you because my guests are the most amazing, awesome super fantastic in the world, not just in the country, in the entire world. We do our research so we know that every guest, every expert, every phenomenal person that we bring to you will help you to create this life that you dream about if you apply what they are teaching you, sharing with you, or encouraging you to do. So, you know, I don't like to spend a lot of time on introductions, right, because I like to just get the person to talk. But I will tell you a little about her. Beth Banning is a best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and a spiritual catalyst. She lives in California, yay, with her husband and their cat. And she has a six-pound poodle. Can't wait to find out the poodle's name. She has published numerous books, including the one we're going to talk about today, Interviewed by God, A Journey to Freedom. Beth has also written the Meditation for Life series and co-authored several consciousness-shifting seminars, and these seminars serve as a catalyst for participants to emerge with a whole new way of relating to themselves and to the world, kind of like what we do on Loretta McNary Live radio show and the Loretta McNary TV show. So without further ado, Everybody, welcome to my guest, my new best friend. Shana, I've already agreed that we're going to be best friends, Beth Banning. Welcome to the show. Hi, and we have agreed we are going to be best friends. I am so happy to be here. You know what? I'm so happy you're here, too. You're, and I was telling everybody, because um, I did this event prior to this, and when I do events, and probably like you, I get so geek and so high, and my mom said, you're talking so loud, and you're just so excited. I'm like, yeah, because I'm really loving what happened. And so you have this calming spirit that just calms the room, and it demands you to be in the moment. So I thank you mm. for that, especially today. You are welcome, and I'm hoping um... – I'm hoping that I can really bring that. I love that you said that. I've heard that before. And when I can feel that in me, it's just it, it opens my life, makes me feel good too. So, yes, I'm, I'm all down with that. Guess so. And, you know, I want you to talk about um, your life and prior to writing an interview by God. But i got to say this because I may forget if I don't say it now, then I'm going to turn it over to you. But rarely do I read a book where the um, – the people, the testimonies, the uh, references, the you know, the people that write in and say, oh, her book, I read her book, is so awesome. But the people that wrote in to say how awesome this book is, the what they wrote is awesome too. So it's just like part of the book, not outside the book, like most recommendations or testimonies are. Yours are like so a part of the book, if that makes sense to you. Hmm, that's very interesting. I've never heard that before. I, I would love yeah. to. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I'd love to know because that, when they so were sharing what the book meant to them, it was like a, 
it just co-signed like they're supposed to do, but it really made a lot of sense how they were saying it. And when you read it, you're inspired by what they're saying about your book is what I'm saying. It's I just heartening everything. Mm-hmm. I see. It's more like they were telling about their experience with the book than, than talking mm-hmm. about the book. Yeah, instead of endorsing, like, oh, this is the great book to read by the New York Times, you know, they really poured what you poured into them into saying this book is so awesome and this is what it will do and what it does. So it was really a good testimony oh, of great. what your book does for that person that it just transcended into being a part of the book as, as, instead of outside oh, of you. the book for oh. me. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I liked hearing that a lot. Okay, so what were you doing before you became this guru of <laughs> selling your soul and your spirit enough to even listen to or to um, even know there was something bigger than what was formal being formally experienced in your life? Oh my gosh, that's such a big, big question. Let me see what's let me see what's right here. Just to say about that, because gosh, I could go so many different ways. You know, you know, really, and I say this in almost every interview, and I, I guess it must be so important because it's always right here, but mm-hmm. I am so, I'm like so many people listening. I didn't know that everything that I was looking for was right here within me. I didn't trust, like, I didn't trust myself. It was like I was terrified to trust what was inside of me. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't have a sense of who I was or what I wanted. All I knew is that I wanted to be happier. Like there was always this underlying agitation or irritation or something like that. And, you know, this could sound pretty dismal, but I know so many people can relate to this, but what I want to say more than anything else is that 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 lack of trust in who I was, that lack of um, like knowing knowing there was something else but not knowing how to get to it, that mm-hmm. was it turned out to be like this gift because if I wasn't a little uncomfortable with what was. I could have never expanded into what's possible. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense to me because I've experienced it. And, you know, even one of your um, endorsers were saying your story and your words were her words. So that's why I can I can really talk about this on a personal and professional and deep level because I that's how I felt. And I would have these mm-hmm. moments where I would be um, – during my show or speaking, and I was like, well, who was that lady? And I go home, and I'm like, well, that lady was fabulous, but who am I? You know, where did mm-hmm. that come from? So I was, and it was a disconnect. I wasn't fully embracing it. So I guess it sounds like what you were doing, too, or at some point you must have said, and, and you, well, who am I really? Right. Well, you know, it's funny <laughs> is because, like, this, this underlying agitation I'm talking about, it's like it, we – we as a society, and not just this culture, but so many cultures live in this, like, tension. And it's not just, like, stress from being busy, which doesn't help. And it's not just um, our busyness, which doesn't help. But it's this underlying kind of um, 
like always on defensive. You know, we're always in in defensive mode. And that's really from the culture we live in, you know. And I didn't even notice Mm -hmm. that it was like going on in me until it was gone. And when it was gone, I went, oh, my God. I mean, it was almost shocking because all of a sudden I was just, I could just relax. And I was like, what? What was that? So I did a lot of investigating about what that was because I really got, I started talking to people about it and people get it. You know, there's always this thing and, and what I what I found out for myself is that when I was very young, and I talk about a lot of these stories in the book, so, you know, you, can, you know, if you want all the details, they're in there, but <laughs> I am a, I am a feeler, do you know? I can sense, uh, you know, some people would call it an empath, you know, some people would call it too sensitive, as I was called most of my life, you know, um, but <laughs> I feel, I feel what's going on in the room. I feel people. I feel them. I feel their energy. I feel their emotions. And I was taught, not like intentionally, because, you know, I I really actually grew up in a pretty normal, pretty happy family. You know, I mean, we had our stuff like everybody, but, you know, considering some of the stories I've heard about the horrific, you know, way, you know, some kids grew up, I was blessed, you know. And so, you know, so these adults in my life taught me not to trust myself on the defensive and it's not just them but they were taught that by their parents by their school by our society it's like we're taught to look you know who's you know who's right and who's wrong and what's okay and what's not okay we're always on the defensive and with this whole being such a feeler I felt all this tension, you know, from people, just normal people trying to be happy. We're all so on the defense all the time. And, you know, and I felt this and I started talking about it when I was younger and people really, they thought I was kind of nuts. You know, it was my imagination. It was, you know, all these things. So I was taught also not to trust myself, not to trust that what I felt was real. And so I grew up going, okay, I can't trust me. Then I have to, who can I trust? And, you know, I started looking outside of myself. And what I've come to learn and what I've come to for myself and really is my soapbox these days is that we need to all start looking within. Every, every, everything that we want is inside ourselves. Every question we want answered, every solution to every problem, every next step that there is for us to take is our internal guidance. And we can only find the truth of that when we start looking inside ourselves. Oh, my goodness. You said so many things that were profound and First of all, I'm about to get you back on the show because 30 minutes is really not enough to really tackle this. (laughs) But you said something about not being taught. You were taught not to trust yourself. And so if you can't trust yourself, then, of course, you're not going to sit still long enough to really um, go inside and figure out, you know, who am I? What is this I'm feeling? Why do I feel this way? And this voice is telling me that I can do this, but my heart is telling me or my mind is telling me, no, I can't. So, and I get that because I was like oversensitive as a child because I would cry so much. 
and I would cry if somebody asked me something because I had this voice as a child. I had this same voice, this same personality as a child, but because I got laughed at for being a child and being this, you know, this vocal and verbal, I stopped talking. I was shut. I just totally shut down because I didn't want to be laughed at. I didn't want people to laugh at my voice. I didn't want them to think I was, you know, Miss Goody Two-Shoes because I tried to be so good because I thought people would leave me alone if I was good and I wanted to people please my mom. So I get what you're saying. And I know that when other people hear this, they'll get it too. So whatever that is, that thing is that keeps you from doing something as an adult, I think is usually rooted in something happening to you or shaping you as a child. I I can guarantee it. So, I you know, I I've never met anyone. And again, like what I'm saying is and and you're saying it too. It is not us as individuals who are taught to look outside ourselves. It is culturally we are taught to look outside mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, schools are are designed that way. You know, church the way most churches are, they're designed that way. Mm-hmm. It's like everything everything's outside of you. So, oh my gosh, I you know, I, that's why I mean, everything I'm doing now is guided to support people to look inside. You know, I think all the new teachers, all the new, like, what's coming, because I can see it coming. People are getting this mm-hmm. more and more. Mm-hmm. And yes. if 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 you're with a teacher that is doing anything than telling you to look inside, go the other way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And be yourself. They the all want, we all have to look. Yeah, exactly. I love Nobody's that. Got nobody's got the answers for you. Yes, we can be guides. Like I tell people, because like, you know, we teach all the time. And Mm -hmm. I tell people, I can only be a signpost for you to look inside. And like, that's like my, the book really is designed to, it's my story, but it's designed to be a mirror for you to relax enough to remember your story, for you to Mm -hmm. relax enough to remember your story. Everything that I'm saying in that book, you know, the essence, the pieces to look inside, we all remember it. It's not like it's unfamiliar. We were born being able to trust ourselves. And if we were, we were, you know, if the society we live in, and I think it's changing, and I, hallelujah, you know, I'm just so, so heartened every day to see the changes, you know, I, you know, I, I see all the, the things that look so terrible, but before something changes, it has to, you know, there's this um, concept called perturbation, and it's what a seed does right before it pops. You know, it shakes, and it's, uh, and then it pops, and it, it sprouts. Mm. And so you things got have got to get shaken up before things can change. So that's really what I see happening. So it's like even in all the, you know, seemingly terrible things happening, I see them as the change coming. So I'm really mostly excited, you know, which is crazy sometimes, but <laughs> I really am. Yeah, I really am. No, and I agree because it is because there's this gospel side and this girl sings and she talks about it is the it's definitely the pain and the shaking up. You know, look at your 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 valuables like a diamond and olive oil. The olive oil, I mean, to get to the point where we enjoy olive oil at our table and on our food, that olive oil, that olive has to go through 
so much shaking, so much pressing, so much, you know, pain if it had if it could feel as an innate thing to get to a press and to get into this olive oil that we enjoy. So just like that, we too are shaped. Um, well, we have gone through things, but if you don't settle yourself long enough to know that this is a good thing for you, that when trials come, it really is a good thing for you to shape you and to bring out your patience, your endurance, your love, and your integrity, and, and your character, and like what what's happening in our world, like you said, it's the shaking up of the world that's really going to get Christians to really stand and be more vocal and get people you know, saved, or even not, even if you're not Christian, you can look at that on a corporate level. Anytime there's a shakeup in a company, that's when people start saying, oh, we need to get these processes in place. We need to do this. We need to take away from here. So it is always the shaking up of something that causes good growth. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's so funny because, uh, you know, the title of today's show is something about, you, you know, your purpose. You know, what is your, your soul's purpose or what is your purpose in life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, believe that we all have the same purpose. And the purpose is to experience life. And so what keeps us from experiencing life is because we think life is always supposed to be good. You know, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be exactly what we think would make us happy or, you know, you know the good quote-unquote good things. But Mm-hmm. If if we learn that life, you know, even the things we call bad or negative, that if we just like go, okay, I'm willing to experience it all, then life starts flowing, because because the the negative things or the things we don't enjoy as much, they come and go at like the weather, do you know, but we fight mm-hmm. them so much, you know, it's like, we're like in, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. But like, if you start looking at it, like the weather, you know, it's like the rain comes and goes, you grab an umbrella, you sit by the fireplace and tomorrow it's sunny. But we fight those things so much that it causes us so much pain that all of a sudden we're not experiencing life. We're not having life. We're, you know, it's that kind of hell on earth. You know, that's what creates it is, is fighting just what is, fighting what is. And that's not to say, you know, I mean, it's like the AA saying, it's like, you know, accepting the things you cannot change. It's not it's not accepting the things you can change and not doing anything about it, but we fight mm-hmm. the things we can't change, do you know? So we're so irritated and agitated and upset because we think it should be different than that. We're not just experiencing life. And, you know, again, if, if our purpose is to experience life, each of us as individuals comes in to experience life differently. And that's kind of how you have people going in one direction or another. But you've got to be willing. So in order to really kind of live into your purpose in life is to relax around and be willing to experience all of life. Just like let it have its way with you. And then you can really go, now what do I want to do? Does that, does, does that make sense? It totally makes sense, and I like how you summed it up. That first, we all have the same purpose, and that person, that purpose is to experience life. I had never heard it put that simplistically before. I love that. That is our purpose to ex- 
experience life, and then you dial it down some more and say to enjoy it, whatever the day brings. We have to learn how to find the joy within that and be okay because a lot of the times, because we're doing this study on Revelation, I'm trying not to make this a a churchy kind of spiritual thing, but (laughs) it just tells us that we know that things are going to happen to us, and it's not always because of, you know, our sin or because we've been bad or judgment call. And I think that's what people um, have this huge problem with things that they consider bad because they feel like it's a judgment on them or they they did, excuse me, or they did something to cause that bad thing to happen to them. And so – which opens up a whole another can of stuff, and it, of course we can't even digest that on this one thirty-minute call. Right. But I, know, I love how you call. said that we do, and I agree. Need to experience life. Yeah. Even even when you know sometimes sometimes what is happening in the moment doesn't feel good, and you know when I work more closely with people too, I support them in feeling it. Again, feel, allow. You know, we're so afraid so often that if we go into those quote-unquote negative feelings that we'll dump into this black hole and never come out. But it's not true. With you allow, I, you know, one of the things I believe that I've been talking about lately is you know how people say, uh, you know, oh, she pushed my buttons. You know that that Mm -hmm. statement? Well, I believe the only reason people can push your buttons is because that is stagnant energy in you. It's old stuff that has built up inside of you, and people, and it hurts, you know? And it only hurts because we weren't willing to feel it at the time. We weren't willing to feel something that we mm-hmm. called negative at the time. So if we just, and we can move energy so fast. It's like if something happens and you go, oh, God, that hurt. Instead of, you know, pushing it away or, or even, and, I, and, you know, it's, it's kind of a paradox because, yes, you can focus, go focus quickly on something you enjoy because there's always something beautiful in your life, always. And at the same time, if you don't just give yourself a minute to feel that ow, that ow, just go, oh, oh yeah, that hurts, and just kind of move it in your body a little bit and just let it move then you're just stagnating more energy. But again, like I'm saying, people are afraid because it hurts. They don't want to be there. And I'm telling you, if you start like learning how to just go, oh, yeah, oh, that hurts, then it moves and you're done and you can move on to the next thing really fast. But instead, we kind of like either push it down or we turn our attention so quickly to something else that we don't allow that experience to have what it needs to have in us, to just have what it needs to have in us. So it's it's really fun once you learn how to just, and this is back to kind of the experiencing what is like in each moment, just experiencing life. Like you kind of go, it's like a roller coaster, you know, that downward trip sometimes, is, it's intense, you know, but at the end it's kind of fun. You know, it's like you go, so now I like experience like painful things. I don't know, a gal, a friend of mine said something yesterday and it just triggered into something because, like, I've learned that even, you know, I had this whole kind of spiritual awakening, but all that stuff that ran me for so many years, it still pops in, do you know? But now I'm conscious enough to go, oh, that's that thing, you know? So it's like mm. she said something and I was like, 
oh, 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 that hurts. And I just stopped and just just really felt it. And, you know, it's so I can just allow it to be just my, like, experience of pain right now. It's not about her. It's just my experience of pain. And then allowing myself to have that, oh, it's like at the end of the roller coaster, it's like this breath of fresh air, you know, because I just allowed it. Just allowed it. It's really, it can be fun. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just like in awe. I, I told you when I was reading your book, the little part that I got to read, I was like, wow. wow. Everything was wow. She is reading me. She knows me. How does she see me? Because I could relate to it, and it was painful in a way, not like in a physical pain, but it was in a painful way because I was like, wow, I never sit down to go inside and just to um, communicate within myself about are you okay and to recognize, like I have this thing of fear of of sales calls or whatever, something like that. I feel like it, it just has so much power on me. And then when you said just uh, acknowledge it, see where it's coming from, and let it pass. And we really do yeah. have to have those conversations with pain yeah. and fears especially. We really do. We really do. Just so like that it'll pass. That, like you said, so it'll yeah. pass. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because it's like, it, it, and it once you allow that, again, I, the the easiest way to start doing this, like one of the easiest ways is just to say, I'm willing to feel uncomfortable. We spend so much time looking to be comfortable and avoiding discomfort. You can just start by, I am willing to feel uncomfortable. It is such a freeing feeling. I'm not searching to be comfortable all the time because I'm willing to feel uncomfortable. It's so freeing. And that's how you grow. And as people like to say, get to that next level. Um, Mm -hmm. You can see doors opening for you. And sometimes the door was always there because you weren't ready to see it, because you weren't willing, like you said, to be uncomfortable, to be uncomfortable, to be out of your comfort zone, this so-called comfort zone and this um, suspicious, this make-believe box that we were taught to be in that we can't even see how awesome we are and see that next opportunity. So that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you because when people say spiritual awakening, they start thinking about, you know, chanting and, you know, this Eastern, Western (laughs) kind of religion and stuff. And I was like, we have to have more conversations because spirit, we all have a spirit. Every last one of us, if we're breathing, you know, and I think spirit still leads on. So if you're not, then your spirit still leaves, lives on. So that's another conversation. So it is. There's so many conversations. It's only like four minutes. Oh, my God. Okay, let's talk about energy, energy, because I think that's another misconception or something because of lack of information. People don't understand energy, and you've been talking about energy, and you talk a lot about different energy in your book, too. So can we just use a couple minutes just to talk about the, even the concept of energy? <laughs> Four minutes to talk about energy. Let's see. So, <laughs> you know, no, actually, too, yeah. Really, really, you know what I love? What I love about energy these days is that even in traditional mainstream science now, they totally can prove that everything is energy. Everything is energy. Energy. Mm-hmm. So so it's nice to have some kind of like proof behind it. And and I love kind of the, the um differentiation between um kind of 
spiritual, usually when people talk about energy, it's all in this kind of woo-woo kind of like um, energy, you know. But again, Mm -hmm. like we walk into a room with a certain mindset. Okay, so let me see if I can do this in three minutes. So I believe there are three different access points to your internal guidance. Again, your internal guidance is just energy, but your mental state creates an energy in you and you walk into a room and people can feel that energy. So if we if we pay attention to, start paying attention to what you are thinking about, how that makes you feel, then those feelings create actions that you walk into the world with, and those actions then have a ripple effect. So in that way, you can see how you are energy and how your energy kind of ripples out into the world and has an effect. So it's all cause and effect. I know this is a huge subject to do in three minutes. So I'm like, where do I go from here? With no, you got to promise me you'll come back and we'll talk. Because I'm loving that. Because I hear people say my energy when I walk in the room, I own the room. And I'm like, I'm just barely getting in there because I got to self-talk myself to let the Holy Spirit take over and be that Loretta you guys want to see. And so I don't know. I'm not, I don't use it. I just let it happen. So you got to come back but on see, and let's talk about energy. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about because you just use all the energy because we can pull it all in. Just you say the Holy Spirit, other people say other things. But if you just allow, everybody in the room can feel it and they want some of it because everybody wants to be that free. Really, is mm-hmm. what they're feeling. Your mm-hmm. freedom. You are not, you are surrendered to what is present. Everybody wants oh, to make feel it. Oh, my goodness. I love you. You are so awesome. You have freed me with that. Just in that mm. time. Oh, okay. So we're going to do this show again for everybody who's listening. I'm so sorry <laughs> we have run out of time. Beth Banning, you can find her on social me- all social media. Google her, you'll find her. And make sure you get in oh, contact yeah. with her. And she is she is super awesome. You just got a teaspoon, not even a teaspoon, a baby spoon, of what she really can talk about and really go into. So, Beth, thank you so much for being our guest. And in closing, I always want to say, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>